Assalamu alaikum. Um, your topic and your presentation was absolutely magnificent. Oh, thank you. Um, very really easy to follow and to understand. And, so and thank cool. you very much with the comparison of the body and the soul, which we tend to not pay too much attention to. Um, it's my question is is when you defined uh, the soul in one of the words um, you used immaterial. And um, I don't know, that kind of hit me strange, maybe because I'm using a different definition for it, but could you explain? Because I mean, when we talk about immaterial, we say it means a little bit of nothing. And obviously the soul means a lot of anything. Mm -hmm. So in the definition, by using that word immaterial, mm -hmm. could you just, whatever you That's might a, do. Thank you for catching that. That's a really good point. And that, I guess, would be just an error on my part on um, allowing that kind of meaning. Like you noted, immaterial, I think, in our common usage is insignificant. And that's certainly not what I mean at all. Um, yeah, I guess immaterial for me, I was uh, maybe thinking, maybe non-material would be a better way of putting it. I was thinking or of intangible. intangible. Yeah. Yeah, this is a literary crowd. I'm, I'm glad I'm getting, I'm an editor for a living, but this is really good. These are good editorial corrections for me. Um, there's so much to learn from other people. Um, yeah, so maybe non-material, intangible, because certainly I didn't mean immaterial. Um, and that's or a really. <laughs> You're like a dictionary. This is amazing. <laughs> Can you come sit in my office and be a dictionary? <laughs> so yeah. had another definition or right. uh, you were using it in a, in a different way, so no censor at all. No, no, I guess I was using as the opposite of material, as the opposite of tangible, so, um, but perhaps non-material might be better than immaterial, but um, uh, yeah, that was just a, that's a really good point though. Yeah, thank you for raising that. I certainly didn't mean that the soul is unimportant, so. <laughs> all right. Gail, our past khatiba. Thank you again. I echo my sister's comment. That was really amazing, um, Thank you. the way that you put together the, the soul and the body. So I have a question about disease in the body. So did you ever look into that? And you know, oftentimes we're told, well, disease is a purifying for us, and it's, it's something that helps to move us along in our journey. Had you ever given thought to the things that the disease does to our body? Positive or negative? Sure. You know, thankfully, I um, haven't faced anything like that personally, so I can't say I've given personal deep reflection. But, um, but I, I mean, I think everybody knows people going through as, at least serious diseases, and I think that's. I think that the way that something traumatic can impact our body and impact our soul, a disease would be a good example of that. But I wouldn't want to say that disease is like a good thing necessarily because for people who are going through something like that, it's very hard. Um, of course, everything happens for a reason and is, you know, we, I believe is ultimately for a good end and a good reason. But I would hate to sort of put it in terms like, you know, disease is a good thing for you because of this, this transformation. So I have some discomfort with using disease as an example because of that. Um, but I think that's a really... Um, sort of elemental way in which change is happening within our bodies 
and on our bodies that's impacting our soul, impacting our future, impacting these grand ways. And it's a very tangible change. And I think that's just the, you know, you again put well the point that I was trying to make that paying attention to those aspects. Um, I think just a simple fact of paying attention um, is, is, I think, an end of, in of itself. Um, and how that's impacting our soul, our future, what's the purpose, why, you know, why am I going through this in those very tangible, painful ways. So um, do you have thoughts on disease in the body? I'm curious about your thoughts. No, I'm just, I've just been conflicted because you know, some people will try to comfort someone who's the disease, like, oh, this is for your own good because right. you know, suffering will be helpful to you. And right. that's a little unsettling to me because you know, me why, too. Would, why would we want pain and suffering on somebody? Right. So that's, that's why I asked the question. Right. I think that's a really good question. And uh, certainly, I mean, I personally struggle with those things, how to approach people or how just to even understand it for myself because, I mean, you know, it could be an inevitability that many of us that, you know, I could face. So how would I even understand that? And, and together, and I love the sharing circle because I'm sort of thinking through these questions with you and, you know, you're helping me understand what I'm trying to understand. So, yeah. Um, that's really interesting that you brought that up, Gail. I, I recently saw um, a presentation by uh, this person named Dr. Gabor Mate, um, and it was really interesting to me. I never thought of it this way before, but he his whole theory is that disease is the body saying no, and it's like when we don't take care of our emotion or we don't pay attention to our feelings and our emotions, it manifests in our body because um, um, apparently he reached this conclusion um, after working at... Uh, a clinic where he kept seeing all of these patients with chronic il illnesses all have the same sort of personality where they were taking care of others before themselves they were whenever they would talk about their disease they would do it with a smile on their face um, and it was his theory is that like the bodies were internalizing what they weren't expressing so it wow. I think it's interesting to look at it from both both angles yeah, yeah. to your point uh, <clears throat> we usually suffer colds all the time and I'm into natural medicine, and we find that uh, cold, a cold is a cleansing process. It's cleansing out a disease that is coming on. So that's the way that, because they're trying to find a cure for cold, the cold itself is the cure. And also, uh, the people who t are telling you that maybe this disease is maybe good for you, they may be coming from an Islamic standpoint where they say, uh, sometimes we pray that when this disease visits us, it is not for a punishment, but for a purification of our souls. So that you right. know, when we do return to Allah, that some sins that we may have committed, we have been purified of those sins or cleansed of those sins. So that they may be coming from that viewpoint. Right. And I think also a lot of times, you know, uh, with disease and illness, it forces us to slow down in a way that we normally don't. And I think maybe that's what the blessings are that they're talking about is that you are, um, you know, you're fo forced to, pain makes you more present than anything else, right? Um, as much as we try to be present, nothing will make you present like pain. Mm. Um, and so that, I think, is the gift, is that nearness to God that, you know, sometimes is hard to achieve just on your own. And gratitude, yeah, you're right. Part of that soul body about letting go and um, giving in, um, and I want to kind of piggyback on the sickness is um, I, I guess a year and a half ago, maybe two years, I was battling um, a situation within our mosque, our masjid, and um, our imam and his behavior and 
and no accountability and things like that. And so I was fighting with all my, my being because I don't like a liar, cheat, cheater, or thief. I can't stand it. Don't call yourself Muslim and be other than that or give the semblance of that. And so um, I was fighting it. And our community is the type that nobody wants to get out there and say something. So I'm that kind of person. I got out there and I said something. I believe in no stress, not allowing myself to let stress stress me out. So I thought. So I'm fighting this battle for a good year and a half or so. And it just seems like I'm the only person doing it. And you know, I hear support back and right. And then I literally get sick almost to the point of death. And I'm like, what the hell? My heart was like, boom. And I'm like, Lord, you know, it wouldn't go away. And I'm praying like, Allah, what is this? You know, you know, let the pain go away. And literally, I ended up not saying it's just that one situation, but it was because I was so into it, maybe a tad bit too much into it for my own personal health, right? And so I literally had to pull away restore myself now I'm ready to get back in the fight again but nevertheless <laughs> you know we'll do it a little bit different because it took um and if you if you knew me you know I'm, I'm one of those persons I like to get out there physical you know whatever it takes it took so much out of me and still my body hasn't recovered it's like I just don't have the stamina anymore I just if I get upset literally I almost have to call the ambulance and so it's something that I now have to work through and get stronger wow. but that soul the body and the mind is a powerful thing and we really 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 have to choose how far we want to go into something with everything okay thank you hi i'm susan um thank you so much for your topic and i really appreciated your discussion on the mind and the body and the soul and i can't speak on disease but i can speak on an injury um, so I'm coming out of a three-month injury with my ankle, um, like a lot of complications, and I ended up getting a fracture. Um, and it slowed me down tremendously, and it helped me um, really get to know myself. And wow. I appreciated how you were talking about how our, our mind, and our, our soul and our body are distinct, yet we're so intimate, they're so intimately connected. And... Um, during that time, obviously, I had a lot of hardship, but it brought me closer um, to God with my prayer because I stop praying and then I start praying and then I find when I pray, it gives me that peace and comfort and that unwavering faith of uh, learning how to navigate life with, the, um, with blind faith. Wow. And I ended up um, passing my final exams. I ended up getting closer to my mom who took care of me. Um, I ended up learning how to slow down because I'm like, I didn't, I mean, I almost re-injured myself right now because I jumped up so quickly, you know, when the, when the ringer wasn't off on the phone. So it, it has to do with my ability of letting go and trusting in God and trusting wow. and having faith in how my life is unfolding but also how to be empathetic towards others. Because I was walking with crutches and then a cane, and some of the people, I, I was um, very observant how people reacting to me when I was walking with a cane. Wow. And it just opened my eyes um, to life in a different way. And um, my question that I have for you is, um, do you, can you offer some suggestions on how to 
you know, being connected with your spirit, you know, your soul, um, being true to yourself. And I think our body gives us signals on how to do that. Like, have you experienced anything like that before? Your thoughts on what I just shared. Thank you for sharing that. That was really powerful. Thank you. Um, that's exactly, I think, the kind of insights I, you know, was, uh, I guess, hoping we could gain by just taking this as a meditative exercise um, to turn inward, um, outer and then inward. Um, could you repeat your question again for me? Um, and can you offer suggestions on mm -hmm. how to be like connected to your, your soul, you know, more like, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, I think for me, it's, you know, speaking very personally, um, for me, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's being aware, you know, uh, to put it broadly, but I think meaningfully, it's just, it's just, um, and it, I think islamically we already do this, you know, I think of what is the point of wudu? It's being aware, it's washing every single hand, face, you know, your, each foot and just being like aware. This is, I'm aware of my body, I'm aware I'm cleansing my body and I'm doing this five times a day and I'm, I'm trying to put myself in a state of being pure and light and good and connected to my spirit five times a day. You know, that's amazing. I certainly don't think of that every time. Usually I'm like, oh my God, I gotta get back to work. But um, but, you know, I think that's the point. And so, um, move, I guess when I sort of think about why I'm thinking of this topic, it's because of what we talked about, the, the hustle and bustle of our daily lives. It's just like running from one point to another through and through body and soul. And at some point, something slows you down. Often, like I mentioned, like traumatically, um, you know, sometimes something just tells you forcibly to stop. And I think those are important points to note for you, you know, is your foot to note, okay, I need to stop. And what am I paying attention to when I stop? Is it to how I pray? Is it to my relationships? To noting how people care for me? To noting how I can care for others? Like you said, you know, noting how other people on crutches are, um, you know, move about in the world. Um, so I think you're already, you know, any suggestion I would offer is what you've already beautifully said, which is, inhabiting an awareness of body and spirit, both. Um, because I think that's, inshallah, what you know, we're all aiming for, um, to be, like the Dua said, bodies of light, enlightened beings, both in body and spirit. Um, that's why I love that Dua so much, because it talks about, you know, lighten my nerves, lighten my flesh, like just through and through, just being uh, a spirited being. So, um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think, you know, mashallah, it sounds like your experience was transformative and inshallah it will remain so. Thank you for such a beautiful kutbah. I really loved it and really connected with it. And think Coming from a writer, I thank you. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to be. Huh? But, oh, okay. Um, so my question is actually, I think that I can see just putting myself in someone else's shoes, just the process of writing a cookbook could be very transformative for the person. So my question for you is actually, what did you personally learn while researching this? Um, why did you decide on this topic out of kind of every other topic? Um, that's my question so for the you. The writer has to ask the hard question, right? <laughs> why did I decide on this topic among every other topic? Um, 
I decided on this topic because I myself was going through um, a like difficult time of transition, and when I was in that gathering with that um, the the person I mentioned, and just that phrase, I was sort of sitting with um, the idea of getting to know why I was in a position where I thought I was suffering, um, you know, internally and externally. Um, I was, and um, I wrote that as a journal entry at the time after following that birthday party that I mentioned. Um, and uh, for this chutbah, I was reading through some of my reflections and journals, and I just thought um, I wanted to kind of lead through this one and see what I was trying to understand and where I am now. Um, that all sounds very vague, but I think that's kind of the process of writing this uh, against a host of other topics I could write. Although, I mean, I have many other things to say, so I could have written on many other topics, but yeah. Um, I just, it, it's just a story that struck with me. The story chose you. It chose me, yes. yeah. yeah. And I hope Bahin is asking, because she's preparing for her chutzpah now. Yeah. I asked her to do oh, a year ago, <laughs> over a year ago, so. probably the lightest voice in the room, and I apologize, it sounds a little scratchy, but I always have to struggle with my voice, so I hope you can hear me. I want to say, first of all, to our Katiba, Alhamdulillah, and also to our Moisina, Alhamdulillah. It was just a beautiful, beautiful experience here at the Women's Mosque Day, and I'm so delighted with the conversation because this is part of why I think the, the women's mosque was born. This kind of discussion in any other masjid at any time. So alhamdulillah, we can address these things because we do have to take it from the highest source, which is Allah and Quran, and somehow distill it into our own beings, okay? It's especially important to me today, I'm going to reveal something. I have a little friend, 28 years old, just finished her master's degree a year ago, got her first real professional job. Something happened, and they say it's autoimmune, and she is paralyzed from her head to her toes. And this has been going on for a year. Okay. She's just beginning to get a little feeling back in her fingers, and they are telling her that in about a year, she should be fully recovered. So I'm asking for prayers from everybody. Her name is Maya. I cannot imagine at that young age having to go through something like that. Her spirit is really quite good. Which, whichever one it is. And I've been wondering, what happened to that young man? I just need to know. So my, my, 
run out of batteries. Okay. My question specifically is, he was new to your group, basically. He came with something which obviously sucked the air out of the room. And I'm just wondering, I can see somebody trying to kind of lighten the experience. And then he said, no, not this one. So I'm wondering if you have any information. Did he, was he supported by that group? Did he come back? I'm not asking, is he okay now? Because that's a process. But I just need to know a little more about that young man. I was like, it's not all about you. Um, he's okay. Oh, thank you. He's okay. Um, and in, I guess, full disclosure, I would say um, he is now my husband. So that's what happened to the young man. <laughs> so that's, I know. I, uh, I didn't want to make it about me. So that's why I was like, leaving that detail out but I guess that's now you know that's what led me to write this khutbah yeah 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 so the next and it was yeah our uh, it was um it was a, an interesting and long journey on how we got to know each other but um or interesting to me anyway but um, yeah, that's not how um, we approach it. But yeah, um, that's what happens to the young man. So I think he's okay. <laughs> you can ask him because he'll be coming to pick me up. But um, yeah, mashallah, it also, I guess my khutbah was a way of understanding what happened to the young man. And uh, um, which is an ongoing understanding, you know, because these things don't go away. Um, but mashallah, it also speaks to the resilience of both body and spirit, you know, that that people get through things. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what happened to the young man. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hello, my name's Ashley. Hi. Uh, hi guys, so glad to be here. Um, resilience is one of my favorite words, and so I felt like I had to say something about that, but really interesting. So a couple of years ago, I really struggled with um, PTSD and panic attacks and it was a really horrible and tough portion of my life, but I really felt like one of the most difficult things about our culture was I felt like I couldn't be open with where I was at. I felt like I always had to be okay, I have to be fine, I have to be this seemingly strong person, you know? And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and I kept piling on more responsibilities. And there was one day in the car when I was just weeping and I cried out to God and I told him I was like I need you like I can't do this by myself and the next morning I woke up and it felt like there was a weight off my shoulders like a physical weight and I feel like there's so much healing when we let go and let God really take care of us and let him hold us. And that's such a countercultural thing because I think a lot of times we think when we're real and we talk about our pain, we talk about our sadness, that people will run away, you know, and that they won't be able to handle it. But in reality, I think when you find those like true friends and like people who walk out truth, they come closer, you know? And I really like what you said about how when the guy opened up and like the mood changed and it, things were heavy, but then ending off with thinking like that you guys got married, you know, like you clearly, <laughs> clearly didn't run, you know what I mean? And like, I think that when we're more open and when we're honest and when we're more vulnerable about, 
about where we're at like we build stronger connections with each other like even in this room like the vulnerability and the honesty and the authenticity that has come out of this conversation has just been so so beautiful and like my friends and I we're from Azusa and we're followers of Jesus and just so glad to be here and be able to like share with you guys where we're at and yeah really thankful and let go and let God I I really believe that so yeah beautiful thank you awesome and welcome um, and I think we made an announcement saying that uh, our men mental health services were listed on our back table. I don't see it there, so if you did want that, just um, either let one of us know or write your email down and we can uh, forward you that list. All right. So we can take uh, maybe a couple more questions. Can you share a copy of the, the dua? The, the prayer? The do I read at the end? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. That would be really very sure. helpful. Yeah. All right. Okay, so just two more and then we'll close it up. I just want to tell you, you were very eloquent, and I'm I sorry, I can't hear you. You are very eloquent. Oh, thank you so much. Um, so kind of you. Just so I I have a tendency to fall asleep <laughs> when I'm in this kind of like a... I want to bar your tendency lecture. because I have trouble falling asleep. Yeah. I, I went through medical school sleeping in the lecture. Oh. So I, I'm very expert on that. So, I, But I didn't sit today. Okay. Uh, so Thank you. That's uh, and you're nice. very soft, you know, but uh, yeah, but you kept me awake. Mm, the, you also remind me Malala. I don't know. It just came to my mind. And I was like, I don't know why I'm thinking of her when I'm looking at you. Um, the other thing I want to say that um, I sometimes listen to Deepak Chopra for mind, soul, and body. Uh -huh. And it's actually resonated me a lot. Um, and a um, few of the times he, he said that you, um, you come to yourself to find God. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what I get, and I think that's very important, which is, which is not how, how I taught Islam uh, or God. Yeah. Um, and here I am after, like I'm already adult, and I have adult children now, and I found out that, that, that Deepak Chopra, that single word, like, resonated me a lot. And finding God in my in myself, and yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I don't know if you listen to his. Uh, um, I don't, no. but yeah, I will seek it out. Yeah, yeah thank it's you. The same topic you are talking okay, about. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know he talks a lot about awareness and yeah. things like that. Yeah. I, I confess I haven't listened to him, but. Yeah. I will look it up. Thank you for the recommendation. And also to point out that it's a lifelong learning, yeah. you know? I'll, knowing yourself is lifelong learning because we're always changing too. So I'm sure, I'll, you know, you all have much more wisdom on that. But yeah, thank you for your comments. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to thank you so much for um, something that I felt was profoundly mystical in your talk. Um, I had chills so many times and something very subtle and um, yeah, really, really moving. Um, and in the, the prayer, the doa that you shared, uh, it reminded me of another prayer um, where, uh, that I learned in the Javanese tradition, which wow. um, 
was also the melodic style that I was singing the azan in. Uh, Beautiful. Was in the uh, Javanese mode. So uh, there's a prayer that asks for the prophets, um, names many prophets and uh, a part of the body and says, wow. you know, may my hair be the hair of, may my face, the face of Joseph, may my voice, the voice of David, oh, may, wow. you know, like this and, and long prayer just going into this um, something, you could say embodiment, but it uh, seems like something even more that maybe you're really, you were really exploring yeah. in, the, in the talk. So I, I wanted to thank you for that. Thank you. I'd love to know that, Dua, if you could share the resource if you have it. Yes, I'd be happy to. Yeah. yeah thank you. And your, your adhan was absolutely beautiful, mystical. Yeah, thank you so much. Hope to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. So, inshallah, we'll, um, we can get the duas from both of you and post it on our social media for everyone to to enjoy. Uh, all right, well, thank you so much, everyone. Uh, Super Smash Buns is outside. They donate 10% of their proceeds to us. We're a nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to say it. I was telling them before we started that the first time I saw on my computer all the stuff I had to do to start a nonprofit, and this is before there was any team, I literally closed the computer, I walked to my bed, and I got underneath the covers, and I stayed there for half an hour, <laughs> frozen. Um, but alhamdulillah, it's two and a half years later, we are officially a 501c3 nonprofit, alhamdulillah, um, because of God's grace and mercy. Um, and we also thank all of you for, for coming, for supporting us, you know, not just financially, but you guys have been here, you know, moral support and um, have been with us. Uh, and so we hope to, inshallah, serve you in greater ways. Um, we'll be starting to apply for grants and things like that. So uh, we look forward to the years to come, inshallah. Inshallah. All right. Before you go, I wanted to know if you have an update on the co-ed iftar on June 3rd. Uh, so we haven't started selling tickets yet, but it will be on uh, Saturday, June 3rd in downtown L.A. Um, it will probably be at the same location as last time, the LDS Church. Yeah, and so we'll start selling tickets soon, inshallah. Uh -huh. Will you be notifying us through social media? Yeah, we will. And, and our newsletter. Oh, and I forgot uh, a couple duas. Um, so let's just make dua for... Um, Sister Normalika Chishi, um, who was uh, one of our past khatibas, and she's been um, struggling with uh, health problems for quite some time now. Uh, ya Allah, we ask you to heal her completely uh, and quickly and allow her to regain full health um, so that she can rejoin us once again. Ameen. Um, also, we continue to pray for our treasurer, Amy, um, and her family. Uh, so she is going to be stepping down for a year um, just to take care of, um, of uh, her family. And inshallah, Hannah is going to be stepping into her place. Um, we ask Allah to pray that everything uh, goes smoothly with her family and that she can return to our team soon. Amin. Um, and then, Abrafi, what was the name? Maya. Maya, um, Ya Allah, we ask you to bless Maya, uh, release the disease from her body, and allow her uh, to flow in energy again, release the paralysis from her body, and allow her uh, to enjoy her youth um, and give her full, complete recovery quickly and not delayed. Amen.
Thank you. Five hundred one C three. I want you dancing in the parking lot. <laughs> Where you want that? Thank you. Thank you. Yay! It's awesome. How much did it come to? Oh, um, thank you. I'm gonna. Thank you. Oh, okay. I'm gonna mail.